Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. Well, you know, it's Friday. It is time for your absolutely favorite podcast. I'm Brad Koss. My co-host with me today, Dr. Jay Greenstein, as I like to call him, the data doc of talk. Jay, buddy, we just saw each other. Here we are again. I know. I know. I wish I was seeing you again this weekend, but. I uh, know, man. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'll make that up next year. I'll, I'll plan on coming, but. We I just this year just is just birthday, man. Yeah, we did. We had a great time and uh, we had some great classes yep. and um, and got to see some of our friends. So it, it was a great weekend. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, today we've got a we got a special guest um, that is new to me. I met him a couple of conferences ago. I believe at Naples, Florida is actually where I met him. Why don't you start in, Jay? Why don't you introduce our guest today and let's get started. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, this guy is awesome, Noda Hashimoto. Noda, it's great to have you here today. Thank and, you. And and Noda is uh, is a chiropractor. I know he's got a great practice, and he's also got a really cool technology company doing great things for chiropractors and their patients. And I, I met Noda at UAC, which is the Ultimate Achievers Club, which is a group of chiropractic entrepreneurs, a great group of people. I was introduced to this group by... Uh, our good friend, Dr. Brian Capra, and met Noda, and then we've seen him at multiple conferences, and it's just great to connect with him and, and get him on the podcast. So, Noda, welcome, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Yeah, so, Noda, do me a favor. Um, just let the audience know a little bit about your background. Like, where's your practice, and then, you know, how you got into building a technology company, and what, what was the impetus of that? But let's let's talk through that, man. Um, well, like it's... Um I guess I'm in La Quinta, California. I don't live in a hotel, so it's in the about 20 <laughs> minutes east of uh, Palm Springs. And then I grew up in the Northwest, actually in Canada, and I was actually going to school to be a dentist. I did pre-dental. It was about the summer away from going to dental school. And like a lot of us, uh, we were kind of chiropractic found us, I feel like. Mm -hmm. It's uh, not like one of those professions growing up what your guidance counselor tells you to do most of the time. So um, got in a head-on car accident and then did PT, which was helpful. And then I tore a couple ligaments, like just stretched them, got a couple disc bulges. And then I improved after six months of PT, but like I was in my early 20s, I couldn't sit for over 20 minutes without this radiating burning pain in my glute that would eventually turn into sciatica. I had a constant wow. neck ache and then I had like headaches a few times a week for about six months. And then they were going to send me to an ortho, knowing what I know now. I know they're not going to do anything. But like when you're in your early 10, 20s and your doctor says you need to go see an orthopedic surgeon, you kind of freak out. So then that's when um, my mom told me to talk to a family friend and he was seeing this specialist. And that's kind of like the first time I was introduced to chiropractic. And I went there and within three visits, my headaches were gone. And within two months, my acne that I was seeing a dermatologist for five years was gone. And wow. it was a life-changing experience. So like the guy put me on paleo before, you know, people were talking about paleo and he educated me about posture, health and the nervous system. And it was just a totally different experience. And like patients were like, he was high-fiving patients in the waiting room. And I remember when someone, when I had my experience, I mentioned this to him, he was like just slamming busy. And he had me stop, even though he was backed up, we go out to the waiting room and he had me share my story. And everyone in the waiting room stood up 
and they were cheering. People were high fiving me. I didn't even know these people, and it was <laughs> it was like a rock star experience. And then I followed them around for like um, I asked if I could follow them around for a little bit in the summertime, and it just I told my mom, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is pretty cool. And then, yeah, got into practice. Um, hey, wait, know, like we, Noda, can I, can I interrupt you really quick? Yeah. The, the, the Acme story to me is fascinating. Like, there's not a listener on this planet that's going to be surprised about your neck and your back and your sciatica improving. And I don't even know that other chiropractors would be shocked about your acne. But I just want to talk about that because I think, you know, as Brad and I work towards building out dashboards and making our profession more information-enabled and understanding the impact that we have as chiropractors at the clinical level as well, the reimbursement level, the, the operational level. But at the clinical level especially, I feel like it's such a huge area of opportunity for us. So, like, what did you understand about the impact of chiropractic as it related to your acne? Well, the guy did a little bit of everything. Like, he changed my diet he adjusted mm -hmm. me and uh, he had me do corrective exercises. So like mm -hmm. he just fixed me literally from inside out. He got uh -huh. rid of all the toxicity in my body, apparently Doritos and drinking Coca-Colas and having 20 <laughs> junior bacon cheeseburgers a week wasn't good for my body. <laughs> so, but like our sponsor today is Coca-Cola, by the way, but like it was like the problem is it's kind of like that whole boiling frogs thing. Like you're constantly poisoning yourself and you don't really notice what better feels like. And yeah. I was, you know, like apparently like a decent athlete, like I played varsity baseball, like, you know, like I could beat the majority of people I knew ever like in a foot race and still can. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, you know, like I was thin, but like the thing is I was toxic. Cause I was eating mm. like just all these inflammatory foods and eating like Snickers bars and you know, Bro, pizza. we like, the, we like the, we like the same junk. I love Snickers. I love Doritos. I love pizza. <laughs> yeah, <like laughs> and then I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. So you See, just, it's the art, it's the artificial intelligence. He's responding according <laughs> to what you just said. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, he just changed everything about me and I just got hooked on feeling better. And then yeah. like, I didn't really know about like a wellness profession because all the other specialists or doctors I saw, you know, like they gave you medications, they did this. And that was kind of like my entry point into this whole thing is like the body has the ability to heal. And this is what I want to do. And I wanted to work with athletes when I was younger, but I was like, this is like, this is what I was looking for. I just didn't know this is what I was looking for. Existed. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Okay, so now fast forward. You, where did you go to chiropractic school? I went to LACC, like now called like SUHS. We call it SCUDS yep. when we're there. And like, yep. I don't know, like for me, I was always like, like the software thing, how I kind of got into that is just because I was like just one of these curious kids. Like I was me and my brother, he's an engineer, so he's always curious too. We'd take apart stuff all the time. And when we were younger, uh, a number of times, like there'd be an extra screw or an extra spring or two. And then my dad would lose his shit <laughs> and I can put it together. And this is like pre Google and pre internet really. So like, you know, we had to go to the encyclopedia or just try to figure things out and like, there weren't digital cameras. So you couldn't like sit there and waste a bunch of film and take pictures. We'd like draw stuff and make sure we mapped out like the wires correctly. And I don't know why we just took things apart and then try to fix a radio or a TV or a lawnmower and stuff like that. And 
I don't know, like the putting together computers from scratch and then, yeah, like getting into practice. Um, you know, like I think we, I took off fairly quickly and knowing what I know now, like I realized like we did like really good. Like we, I broke 62 and a half K in a monthly collection in my ninth month in practice. And wow. That's like, fantastic. Yeah. Well, the thing is I did a bunch of stuff and I didn't know I couldn't do those things, but like, you know, I hired a consultant and I had other mentors and they just told me to do stuff and I did it. They didn't question sure. it and it worked. So like, cool. So Dr. Hashimoto, tell us what your technology is that you've talked around it a little bit, but tell us specifically what it is you're doing with the technology. Well, like if people know what a CRM, that's essentially what it is. So like the problem I have with a lot of practice management systems is that they can't do everything like the EMRs, EHRs, whatever you want to call it. And in my mind, they're really designed around billing first, then soap notes, then scheduling. Like doctors will leave a EMR or EHR over bad billing processes, because if you can't collect money, it's worth the pain of change. And if yep. the soap note process for them sucks, they're willing to leave because it inconveniences them. But if the reports and all these other patient processes, um, if that's not that good, like they're willing to tolerate it. So like, um, you know, fast forward a little bit, into practice, like we ended up having other providers added a medical. So I had two part-time MDs. They come in like one to three days a month each. Then I had a physician assistant and I had a full-time physical therapist, two full-time chiros and massage therapists. So we were doing pretty decent, like three and a half to four mil a year for a number of years. So like, I would say it's a decent sized practice, but we had a lot of moving parts and to make it work, we had like seven Google sheets. We had Infusionsoft, we had a texting platform that integrated with the ChiroTouch. We had a stats program that integrated with that and people still had post-it notes and it technically worked, but it was a lot of effort to kind of make it work. And like, we literally had someone that was in charge of updating all the things. And occasionally when you have humans that have to do a process, it just doesn't work. So like, these like customer relationship management softwares, these CRMs uh, that are out there that are like billion dollar plus ones that can be awesome. Almost none of them integrate with these practice management systems. And these doctors are still using post-it notes. They have Tiffany writing down stuff in a book. They're using spreadsheets, Google calendars, and the stats program and that. And so when I designed it from the very beginning, like I designed it out of a lot of pain for a practice because just simple things like records requests, doing MRI referrals, um, appointment reminders, reviews, online scheduling, or like tracking all our new patients. Um, like, you know, like we just make, we try to remove as much friction as possible. And like, I always say that we want to automate the repetitive low value tasks. So the people on your team can focus on human tasks. And like, so from day great. one, that's kind of like how we designed it. And it's really like, it's called TrackStat. And a lot of people sign up and they'll do a demo thinking that they're signing up for a stats program. And like the problem I have with stats is that they're really important, but they're lagging indicators. And if you're updating stats on a Google sheet or manually inputting them, uh, not only is it lagging, it's really lagging and they could be wrong. So like, Absolutely. 
I like stats because it's kind of like the dashboard on your car when you're driving, but like people like in between, like the phone ringing and patients coming in, patients coming out, one of the providers walking up, an office manager going to the front desk, it gets a little, a little bit hectic. So like if you just use a little software automation to show them like, here are the seven people you need to call that are on treatment plans that are falling off. Here are the four people that are new that don't have a next visit. Here are like the six other things that you have to do. Here are the four record requests that you have to send out. Like just making it really easy for them to know what to do and when to do it. So. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I know we're going to take a break, Brad, but we're going to, we're going to dive into this a lot more because this, yeah, is, this is really this is super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, it's time for a quick break uh, for our sponsors out there. So we'll be back. You're listening to Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host, the Data Doc of Talk, Dr. Jay Greenstein, with our guest today, Dr. Hashimoto. We'll be right back, guys. Don't go away. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user-friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. This is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing is simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you. As a Cairo Health USA provider, we're excited to work with you to identify which of your discounts are good, bad, or illegal. Most chiropractors bend over backwards to make their care affordable. Unfortunately, dual fee schedules, false claims, inducement violations, and time of service discounts can all put you at risk. And no offense, everybody's doing it doesn't work with auditors. At Cairo Health USA, we're here to help protect and grow your practice. Just listen to our provider stats. 20% overall practice growth versus 2019. Over 50% of CHUSA patients renew their membership year after year. Over 2,500 patients per month use our provider's search directory to find a CHUSA provider. At Cairo Health USA, our purpose is simple. It's to improve the quality of life for our doctors, their teams, and their patients. With over 5,000 providers and nearly a million patients, Cairo Health USA is the network that works for chiropractic. For more information, call 888-719-9990 or visit www.chirohealthusa.com. Damn, damn, damn. Let's slow it down. With the hot data jocks of talk. Ooh. It's Tech Talk. Well, welcome back to Tech Talk. Again, we have a great guest today, Dr. Hashimoto. We have uh, been talking about his product, uh, TrackStat. And, um, Doc, I'm real curious. You're a chiropractor. How did you get into programming and and rotting this kind of uh, technology platform? 
Well, to be honest, I didn't write it. So like whenever I run into an <laughs> obstacle or a problem, I always just try to figure out, is it a how problem or is it a who problem? And um, one of the things I've learned over the years is there's certain things that I'm really good at and there's other things that I'm not good at. And for me to just how myself into this, it's not going to be a good thing. So I, it just, I started with the who's. So like I reached out to a couple of college friends, college dropouts that work at Google. And then I will <laughs> talk to another dropout uh, friend. It seems like all the devs I know that are really good uh, dropped out of college in their first year. Like kind of like you got Bill Gates, you got Steve Jobs, <laughs> you got Michael Dell, you got a bunch of these guys, Zuckerberg, but like, but like I reached out to them because I want to know how to hire someone. Cause like, I can't tell if you're the Michael Jordan or the Kwame Brown, like I can't tell the difference. So I was like, how do I know if I'm hiring a dud? Cause like you guys know that just from hiring people, um, even like hiring other providers that I know how to evaluate their skill set, you need to evaluate if they're the right fit uh, yes. for your team. Yes. So like it's an extra variable in there. So I think it's a key. It's the key variable. I think. I think yeah, fit yeah. and culture and values trump skill set all day, every day. Don't yep. interrupt. But I just think that's yeah, so important. No, I I agree a hundred percent. So like one of my friends, um, and I actually talked to one of my friends that's a non technical founder of another business and asked him how he did that. And then um, essentially one of my friends helped me hire the first guy, and then the first guy. Um, has been very instrumental and has helped me find other people. And uh, we have incentivized him and motivated him to help us find people. But like we give him a piece of the action of each of the other guy's salaries. So not only is he motivated to find good people, but good people that stay a long time. So it's essentially like a multi-level marketing thing. <laughs> so we're giving him a piece of that, but it's uh, giving him a lot of ownership of the team and, yeah, like that guy is like freaking dynamo. Like if something goes wrong and he has to get up at two in the morning to fix something, he'll get up at two in the morning and fix something. Like he's like it. Now he tries to avoid that from happening in the first place, but sure. um, he's willing to yeah. do that if he, if he absolutely had to. So like, and, and we've, yeah, we've, we've got employees that are on call 24 seven like that. And, and, you know, I'm always shocked when I get a, I'll get a text message. They're always supposed to let me know when they're in the office. I also get alerts that somebody's just entered our space. It's pretty shocking sometimes when you get a text message at three that you got a team in there working on the data center. Um, we've had something shut down or something like that. It, those are important people to have. And I try my hardest to keep them around because I'm not sure this, this old guy can get up at three o'clock in the morning and go resolve anything anymore. So, well, it's like, keep, keep hold of them. Yeah. It's like golden handcuffs, man. And you just, you know, you figure out like what they really want and then you give it to them. Some people want yeah. money. Some people want time. Some people want vacation. Some people, you know, they just want appreciation, right? You know, yep. you just treat people the way they want to be treated and not yeah, the way and, that you want to be treated. So, yeah. And all, and all of those people, I think all those really great people want significant purpose, you know? And so when you have a company that's driving impact, positive impact for so many people, providers, patients alike, the industry at large, I think it just helps you um, really retain those awesome people that actually care not just about the technical aspects of their work, but the purpose and impact that they're creating. Um, note I got to ask you, man, 
first of all, it's so interesting. You know, your journey is really interesting. And, and, and Brad is like the granddaddy of the, of the technology, you know, world in our space and has had so much positive impact for us as a profession and the patients that we serve. But I'm curious, what, like, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in this journey so far? Um, I would just say like, um, like I've always like, I have a background in doing a lot of marketing stuff. So in marketing, you have like the minimal viable product and the MVP. And, mm -hmm. um, I've learned to make my MVPs even smaller. It's <laughs> hard, and right? It just, uh, says so like, yeah, like when I was first and I know that the, more clear directions that we could give our devs and like really hashing it out and like really laying it out, like just even on like a Google doc and saying like, you know, like your OKRs, here's the objective, kind of like here, your key results and like just showing them how to win, but like keeping that first little thing really, really simple. I'd say I learned that. And then um, really listening to your kind of like customers which are doctors. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the customers that we really listen to is believe it or not, it, a lot of the times the doctors are the ones signing up for it, but the people that are really using it are the office Staff. managers in the front desk. They're the ones using yep. it the most. So they're not paying for it. So like just really listening to them. So like my wife doesn't do too many of the trainings anymore, but like she goes on and does some of them with some of the new teams and stuff like that. And just trying to find out like little friction points um, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, like that's something that I've learned. And then I've been good at time management. Uh, but like one of the process management things that I really like in the software world is like the concept of scrum. And I think scrum, like I use that just for planning out my weekly activities for like <laughs> baseball and work and stuff like that. And it's, Similar to like kind of like the stuff where they talk about rocks and you have your quarterly and your monthly meetings and stuff like that. But like, yeah, just really breaking it down. Like, you know, like I have kind of like the rocks that I work on that are planned for the quarter, or the OKRs or whatever you want to call it. And then like I have like my backlog of issues and then I look at my calendar for the week and I place, you know, those different things so from your backlog of your issues, you create your sprint and your sprint is kind of like what scrum is. So it's kind of like what you think you could accomplish in that one to two week period. And mm -hmm. then like, you're trying to make sure that you put in your, are the listeners familiar with the term rocks? You guys talk about um, I that. Think some, I, think, I, think, I think some, I think some are some like, I've, yeah, I've, like, I've, like, I've, the, like the big yeah. thing. So like for the quarter, yeah. you're going to have goals. like your three to five big goals that you want to do. And like, just, planning out time to kind of work on those things. And then throughout the week, like I have different types of days, like I'll have kind of like my focus days. And this is a Dan Sullivan thing, like days where I literally plan out my day and like just schedule it by the hour, what I'm going to work on. And then I will have my buffer days or I'll call them shovel days where like, I don't have as much control of my schedule. Um, so back when I was seeing a lot of patients, like, I would call that like a buffer day. So you don't have as much control of your schedule because patients may come a little earlier or late. So I just try to make sure that there's two things that I try to finish that day and um, little things like emails or reports or anything. Like I just try to touch it once and then just like 
it comes in, it goes out, comes in, goes out. And I just don't let things build up and make it through the day. And like, those are like things that I did before the software, but like the concept of scrum, I use that actually a lot. Super cool. That is great. Noda. Love it. Yeah, and it's just, and then like one of the rocks is like family activities. So it's like you know, like yep. that's one of the things that always has to make it there, which is why I probably do baseball four to six days a week. <laughs> Sweet, that's great. Good for you, man. I love it. Those are great lessons learned. Yeah. And you look like a you look like a baseball player. Yeah, well, I'm not built like a football player, so baseball was my <laughs> option. <laughs> love it. That's great. So are you still seeing patients, uh, um, regular load of patients, or is that shrunk and it's uh So it's like we're in a very seasonal now? area. So it's like um, the population goes up by about like 35 40% in our area. And the people that come in with that, they tend to be retirees with expendable income. So like right now what I do is like I will just help out like during – like I go to the office and I work. I wear scrubs kind of like a lot of the days because they're comfortable. And then if they're backed up, I'll just go in there and like, just knock out like three or four new patient exams in a row. And they just freeze them up. Like I may, I like, I did have a case manager that was doing all that. And then she had a baby and then she's supposed to come back. So like fingers crossed that person is going to come back. Cause like that is um, a very, very important role for like anyone that doesn't have a case manager. I'd say like, that's, that's a huge lifesaver role, but it's a very difficult role to find because they have to have like high empathy and they have to have that grit where they, if they get punched in the nose, they kind of keep going forward. A lot of people think about a good salesperson is this slick willy, slick talking person with these one liners, but like our salespeople, like our best salespeople are ones that care so much about the patients that they're just trying to help them. Is like, and you know, like I heard a quote, like Anthony Iannaro in his book, he talks about selling is something you do for someone, not to someone. And kind of like before that, I thought sales was such a dirty thing. And I just realized we're not, we're just helping people, helping them find a solution. uh, So like, hopefully when that person gets back from their maternity leave, then I don't have to do anything again. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, That's Brad, great. I know we got to take a break, brother. So anyway, we'll be right back. Come back with us. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We we really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. Hi, I'm Dave Klein 
co-founder and director of business development for PayDC, the chiropractic industry's leading developer of cloud-based integrated practice management software. PayDC is fast, easy, and affordable to use. PayDC will significantly help you improve your practice in three main areas. Number one, it will help you reduce the amount of time needed for training. Number two, it will help you increase your revenues, both from insurance companies and your patients. And number three, the system is based on federal law, improving the quality of your documentation and helping you tell a better story of how you care for your patients. And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. Well, welcome back to Tech Talk. Again, a great discussion going on with Dr. Hashimoto. You know, Doctor, when before we left, I, I understand what your software does, but can you drill down just a little bit and talk about what problems or what problem you're trying to solve for the clinician uh, with your software? Can you give us a little more detail on that? Yeah, like... Like I said earlier, it's um, automating the repetitive low value tasks, like showing your team who to reach out to over the phone. It automatically reaches out to those same people and gives them a link where they could click the link and reschedule themselves. It does all your appointment reminders, reviews, online scheduling, every single kind of statistic. But like the main thing it does is it leverages automation. So you could focus on your human activity because like when the phone's ringing and someone's sitting at the front desk and if any of you guys ever get a chance to sit down at the front desk, it gets a little crazy up there. And most of them have to wait till there's air quotes downtime so they could just figure out what they need to do. But like if they just saw here are the seven people on a treatment plan that I need to reach out to out of the 240 people that are on a treatment plan. Here are the 15 new patients in the last month that I need to reach out to. I don't need to reach out to these other ones because they have a future appointment. Uh, it's like, here are the recalls, but like here are the recalls that are most likely to come in. Because someone that's come in, say, 78 times is probably going to have a 79th visit. Someone that had three visits is less likely to have a fourth visit. So it just shows them it's an activities-based platform. So it shows your team kind of what activities they need to do. And for teams that are big enough with a manager, it allows the manager to see what your team is work is working on. So you can see if they need more training, if they're getting overworked, or they need to be invited to work somewhere else. And then it automates <laughs> and then it that. automates all the, the stupid stuff, like just you know, like having it on your voicemail is like for a quicker response, please text. Most of the time when people are calling is to change an appointment time. Some of the people, like you could just give them a link on your website or somewhere to schedule online, doing the reviews. Um, and then like the stats, the stat is the dashboard where you could see how you did. Did you win for the day? Did you win for the week? Did you win for the month? Did you win for the quarter? Did you win for the year? So it's like, I'm not discounting statistics, but like if you have your team do all the activities and then you have the automated things that just happen without you thinking about it, Cause like, we'll set up different rules. Like we could just say like, okay, if you're blue cross and you spent over $300 and you've received this kind of service, 
uh, before and you haven't been in in three months, you get this kind of message. But if you're Aetna, you get a different kind of message. So like yeah. we set that up for them because most of our doctors aren't techie people like you guys. Our average client is like 50 to 7 years old. They barely know how to operate their smartphone, but they just want to make life easier for their team. So we used to do trainings, but we found out that they don't want to be trained. They just they don't need to know how the drill works. They don't need to know about the RPMs and the drill bit. They just want the hole in the wall. So we just set it up for them over three to five calls, depending on the complexity of their office. And then it's done. And then if they know how to two-way text, it's easy. <laughs> You know, I, I well, love, I love this on multiple levels because when you think about the, the dashboard, it's your scoreboard, right? And like you, you listen to all the great coaches on the planet. They're like, don't focus on the score, focus on the block, blocking and tackling. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving insight as to who needs to be blocked, who needs to be tackled and, and insight for the coach as to who's doing a good job doing those inputs. And when you control for those key variables that drive the end result, you're much better off than when you wait for the end result to occur. So I think there's lots of genius in this strategy. I really, I, I, I so appreciate how you've constructed this idea and, and, and the platform that you've built. And the idea also that you can set up these automations and, and these rules for your customers so that they can just step into the platform and it's done. You know, the UX is so simple. They don't need to be trained. Um, really speaks volumes on on how thoughtful you are about what you've built. So I commend you, Noda. Like, great job. Yeah, Noda, I am very impressed with the thought process that you have put in in your development. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of guys try to take on technology and, and stuff, and they – you know, they've got a concept, but you, you can tell even in your personal life how focused you are on day-to-day tasks. And, and I can see how, I mean, I can <laughs> see how weird it relates. <laughs> yeah, I can. No, 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 no. I, I have a what great mean, appreciation bro, for that. I've hung out with you. You're, you're not weirdo sometimes, okay? Let's face <laughs> it, all, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I have a great appreciation for that. I wished I was more like that. Uh, to me, it seems like I'm doing that times five or six fold, and it's sometimes hard to be that organized. But that you can tell, I, I would love to see your product sometime because I bet that interface and that really plays out with the, with the details, the way that you've drilled into it and thought through those processes. Yeah. It's yeah super like, cool. Essentially, like there's all those business <laughs> books, like you look at traction or scaling up stuff that they recommend. And then like I've been a coaching client forever. Like I always have a coach or a mentor or something like that. Always like one or two. And like, you know, when I got started in the software thing, I found a who that scaled the software business that sold it for over a hundred million bucks. And uh, he kind of coached me along the way. So it's just, I was just trying to find those mentors out there. They're out there and they love working with like themselves in the past. And it's just kind of fun. And yeah, just taking all those processes and then just automating it. And then just really listening to our clients or users and like looking at how can we make life easier for a front desk person? How can we make life easier for an office manager? And we have, you know, just like you, Jay, like you have some clients that just use a platform, but you have some clients that are like super users that are really getting into it and giving you some like kick ass advice. And just yeah. like, that's a really good idea. And yeah. like, so, you know, like we have some people like that. And I know as we get more and more people using it, we're going to get more and more ideas from that. So, you know, like, I got a lot of ideas where I want to take this, but um, yeah, we're doing it one step at a time right now. 
What I think is really cool to note is that you, um, you know, you've got a lot of humility and, and like the idea that you understand that like coaches and mentors are really important is cool. Cause there's a lot of folks out there that have a certain level of success and they don't leverage other people who might be able to help them create even more impact. I mean, Brad is a mentor to me and I've got others in my life, especially on the technology side of the business that I would never be where we are today. And we would never be able to reach the goals that I know we'll get to without me just being like, I I don't know this. So let's talk to the people first to then what, right? Let's talk to the people that, um, that can help us get there that have the same passion that we do. So just love how you approach you know, this whole, this whole vision of yours, I think it's, it's super impressive and it's super cool. And it's, it's great to see that you're, you're creating great success for your customers, but also for yourself as well. So it's awesome. And then I also think it's important to talk to different kinds of people like, uh, two hours before this, like I have a weekly call with one of my really good friends and he's in the technology space for attorneys. So I just like, we just kind of like rattle off ideas and stuff like that and shoot the shit. But like, you know, we're still in the professional services business and just kind of getting ideas. And I've always tried to do like, you know, like I'm in a mastermind that like I moderate too. And like, we have a mixed breed mastermind on purpose because you have some functional medicine people and there's some weight loss people, straight Cairo people and they're physical medicine people. I got like two guys that are like in have primary care offices in there and it's just you know it's a nice little melting pot they're all serial entrepreneurs and like you know like because if you get a bunch of people that do personal injury and that's all they do like they don't look at things like they look at it one way and i think it's important to kind of get out there and talk to other people and you know that uac group that we're in together i think that's a pretty kick-ass group too yeah, for sure. And the, the idea that you're talking to other people in other industries reminds me immediately of Blue Ocean Strategy, right? Like what what are the things that other people are doing that are creating success that you could bring into the chiropractic and healthcare space? So that's that's I, I just want the audience to really hear that and understand that. Uh, because you could have mentors or friends that are out there in different spaces that could really help you with your business or and or your personal life. So that's a great point. Noda, and, and I just want to make sure that the audience heard that. Well, yeah. So, Noda, where, where can we find you, bro? Like, where are oh, you going to be um, next? Trackstat.org, T-R-A-C-K-S-T-A-T.org. Uh, they could call or text 760-334-5013. But um, they could just go to the website. There's a thing where they could watch a demo, fill in their information, watch a little demo of stuff that's on there. If they want to schedule a time for Zoom, they could schedule a time for Zoom, and then we'll just kind of go over that and you know, find out about their practice and figure out kind of like how TrackStat can make life easier for their team. But And you're yeah, like, gonna be at Parker, yes? I'm gonna be at Parker. And booth, do you know your booth do you, booth 404. number? Four oh four. Booth four oh four. That's the that's the Atlanta, Georgia area code for, yeah. for those of you folks in Georgia. And All right, uh, cool. Yeah, no, well I will see you there. I'll see you there. It's looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, man. Well, Jay, it's that it's that time of the podcast again. You know, it just goes by so freaking quick. I know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just gone. So um, you've got Parker this weekend, yep. and uh, uh, so does Dr. Hashimoto, and uh, a lot of our friends are going to be there. Stay yep. safe while you're there. 
uh, sports. Is there anything, you know, this is the time of the podcast. We usually talk about sports, but it's. We've made our, we've made, we've both made our, our bets about who's going to win, but Noda hasn't. Let's let Noda uh, pick the Super Bowl winner. Who's going to win the Super Bowl, Noda? Um, I think everyone's underestimated the Bengals so far. It says like, I'm, I'm going to root for the Rams, but like no one thought I wouldn't be disappointed if, um, you know, like I root for the Seahawks and, it's probably going to be a while before they're a contender. So, like, you know, I just wanted to be a good game. I'm probably yeah. going to be partial to rooting for the Rams because they're so close. But, like, you know, like, if the Bengals win, then, you know, like, I'm going to be okay with it. And I think everyone has thought that they were going to lose every single game coming into it. So, like, I feel like they've earned it. Like, that Kansas City win, like, they definitely earned it. Yeah, for sure. They did. That was a great comeback game, and uh, you might, you know, may surprise us. Uh, uh, Jay and I believe the other way. We, I think we both voted that uh, LA's going to win the game, well, but the Rams are the favorites. So it was like, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Rams are going to win it, um, but like I think everyone has underestimated the Bengals so far. Yeah, you're, you're I think the Rams right are going to win that. it, but I want the Bengals to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, uh, Dr. Hashimoto, thank you for spending the last 30, 40 minutes with us. I hope this gets out there to some of our listeners that might be interested in your product. And I look forward to getting to know you a little better and seeing you at some of the conferences. And I'm going to go to your website and look at your product. And uh, again, I, ca- I can't say thank you enough. Jay, but it was fun spending time with you last weekend. Uh, yep. We've got another gig coming up here in about a month. Yes, we do. And um, uh, we'll get to do it again for the FCA. So thank you. I look forward to seeing you, man. Me too, Brad. From uh, my co-host, Dr. Jake Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all. Come on. And the Data Doc of Talk is Tech Talk.